Lordy, lordy, we finally made it to 40. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Well, Micah, we made it to 40. My man, y'all have to give it up for him. My man is is battling through the through the sickness, but he's on this Donut Box podcast, battling through it. Uh, he's like the post office, rain, snow, sleet, hail. He's, he's battling through it. Well, I'll tell you this much, guys. We promise to be consistent each and every week, and uh, hey, we want to we give it to you guys. We enjoy this podcast a lot, and uh, hey, I'll push through a little bit to, to get this podcast out, get some folks some laughs. But uh, you might not hear me as much on this episode. There you go. Well, we appreciate you. We, we hope you're feeling better. Hey, we want to shout out to all of our brand new cities. We have people in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. We have uh, people in Cleveland, Ohio. We have people in Malaysia, of all places. Uh, you know, we are just growing in Granbury, New York, uh, Geneva. You know, it's been great. Uh, so we appreciate all you guys who are helping us grow. And thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, all that good stuff. And if you are brand new to the Donut Box podcast, the first segment is the Old Fashioned Donut, which is a story from our past. Now, we are going to tell you about how MC Productions slash Trash Can TV first got started. We used to uh, make our own fun. And what we would do is we're very creative people. So we would make short films and our uh, movies. And we actually made a donut box show it was actually called the Krispy Kreme show uh, but before we did that our very first short film we took a webcam and we called it the story of Chris and uh, we wrote it out we kind of loosely wrote it out I don't really remember what the storyline was do you remember I don't um, I wish that we had the full taping because like like Chris said we did it on the webcam and unfortunately my computer got a virus and so we only had one part of the film so, like, I really wish that we had the rest of the film to where we know what it was about. But I do know what that first little portion was about. Yeah, the first part, it was basically, it was, of course, about my life. And it was, quote, about my, like, I guess, film life, whatever. I had, you know, regular me in real life. And then we wrote a storyline for my character. And uh, I just remember... Uh, the first part of it is Mike on the webcam and he's narrating it and he and it goes to a sh- uh, cut of me and it's like this is Chris he's nothing special and I just remember whenever you said that you played it back I was like geez tell me how you really feel about me yeah no, I know I've showed that to other people uh, my fiance is one of them and she was like wow that was harsh I'm sorry I don't I was I didn't really have a filter back then and I didn't really understood what I was saying sometimes. Part of what I really remember about it was something happened uh, and I was calling, I think, Taco Bell or Domino's and I tried to order a pizza, but they wouldn't give me a pizza. And then all of a sudden, uh, I get a delivery from Taco Bell in the storyline and it's Micah with a piece of electrical tape on his face for a mustache and he goes, Sindor, I brought you Mexican food. And I'll be like, Okay, and then he's like, "That'll be twenty-seven fifty, and I'm like, "Excuse me," and he's like, "Oh, my bad, Senor, three fifty. And I was like, "Well, twenty-seven fifty right now for some Mexican food? That sounds about right. We were ahead of our time, especially delivery-wise. Hey, we called the inflation twelve years before it happened. Hey, and that's just our gift of prophecy there. Yeah, you have to uh, remind yourselves that this is back in two thousand ten, and me and Micah hung out all the time, and so we would just 
take a webcam and we would like write stories and we would just film them on this webcam and it was a really crappy webcam uh by today's standards i mean back then it was state-of-the-art but it was very pixelated and then another part in the story of chris the first part was that i had this girlfriend and i talked to her on the phone and we put it on speakerphone and michael was on the other end and he pretended to be uh the girlfriend and he had the voice or whatever and he like the girlfriend broke up with chris uh in the storyline and it was really sad and then chris was all depressed in the storyline and then there was like something else that happened like with chris's depression in the storyline but it was really weird very very weird um i don't really remember what all happened somehow my one of my uncle's names be he became a character somehow in the story but yeah the computer crashed and michael lost all of it well and this was back in the days when youtube you couldn't do like really long videos i think it was you had to limit it to a certain amount so we were releasing them in parts so we released the story of chris part one and of course at that point then the computer crashed and so i think there was parts two and three we were going to put out but they never made it to the light of day. Yep. So uh, the story of Chris, we'll have to put that on our website because it's pretty bad. But it was our very first short film. And then, like, I we kind of talked about it before, but we had a segment. And we just, I don't know where we thought up of it. We came home one day after the bridge ministry, the homeless ministry, and Mike had a box of donuts, and that's what we named the show. It was a Krispy Kreme show. And he was like, we should just make a variety show. And there's a part where... Micah has the TV of the Weather Channel playing in the background. He's literally just reading the TV. And then there's a uh, What Fries My Donuts segment before it became What Fries My Donuts. It was What Grinds My Gears. And then we actually did have an improv segment uh, where we made improv, but it wasn't as good as on the donut box because a lot of it was just our inside jokes. And then there was, um, we invited people to come to our our filming studio which actually was my bedroom in our house and we were flabbergasted when nobody hit us up on social media to come tour it yeah what we did was we put we were like we're gonna have a contest and we're gonna like we're gonna choose somebody who comments in the section uh that's gonna come and tour our studios which was aka micah's house slash bedroom and it was a little creepy i guess but um, nobody commented. And so, yeah, there was only one episode of the Krispy Kreme show and there was never any more ever again. So uh, when we decided to make this Donut Box podcast, uh, we weren't going to solely base it on the Krispy Kreme show. But we thought that the general idea was good that, you know, this show is like a box of donuts. It has a different variety. And so we're going to talk about a variety of different topics. But, yeah, those were our first short films. That's how we got started, you know imaginative minds you know you got to think of something when there's really nothing to do and the cable's out and you've already played enough xbox that you can play yeah absolutely and um we'll we'll like chris said we'll put the uh, the part one of the story of chris on on the website and uh, that filming location was the back porch at that time yes it was okay so we are gonna jump right into our next segment it is the jelly donut which is the jail report Okay, so I've got three stories on the jelly donut today. First one, a woman gets arrested after she takes away her child's iPhone. So, this is how it 
how it goes. Um, this is what the article reads. This was actually in Ottawa, Canada. So when your child is being rebellious, it makes sense to give them some form of punishment that won't hurt them. For a mom in Ottawa, Canada, this was to take her child's iPhone after the daughter got in trouble at school. So the lady's ex-husband got wind of this, and he didn't quite think that that was okay. So he reported it to be theft, and the police agreed with them. They then arrested the mom for larceny, which is punishable up to 93 days in jail. However, it turned out that the ex-husband wasn't the owner of the phone after all. Because of this, and for other obvious reasons, the mother was able to walk out of the court with her records clean. So it basically what it sounded like to me was ex-husband gets his daughter for the weekend or whenever he gets to see her. And she is like, mom is so mean because you know how kids are and how teenagers are. They, you know, over dramatize everything. And they're like, oh my gosh, mom is so mean. She took my phone and the ex-husband saw red in his eyes and was like, oh, this is a good way. He must really hated his ex-wife if he wanted to get her arrested. He probably like t called and told the police that she had stolen his phone and then that's when they arrested her. And then after some investigation, they realized, hey, this is the child's phone. And as a parent, she has more than legal right to take her kid's phone. Which I think is is crazy. I feel bad for the kid in this situation because uh, it does sound like the parents are a little estranged there. Um, if they're willing to call the cops on each other for something that, that small. Man, uh People get nasty when it comes to divorces, especially when you have kids. I mean, I know parents that try to pit the kids against, you know, the ex all the time. So, all right, that was all for the first story. Second story, a man in New, or sorry, a New Jersey man was arrested in our favorite state of Florida because he dialed 911 too many times. Um, so it says that this guy made a... Uh, According to the report, 200 calls to 911 just in two months. That's 100 calls a month because he just wanted to talk, some, talk to someone. So he just wanted to talk to somebody. He was lonely. According to St. Augustine Police Department, Mr. Reston, who is 38, called 911 on Wednesday and hung up and they did not answer the return call. A police unit was called out about 2 a.m. to check the caller's welfare and found Mr. Weston sitting in the back of his vehicle in St. John's County Pier. He told officers he was sleeping in his car because he could not find an apartment to rent. He told police that he did not wish to report an emergency and was was aware that it is illegal to dial 911 without one. He said his phone had ran out of minutes and he called emergency services on free dial because he wanted someone to talk to. After checking records, police found that Mr. Reston had also made calls to police forces in Tampa Bay, Port St. Lucie and St. John's County logging hundreds of calls to the Tampa Bay police in just two months. So over 200 calls in two months just because this guy did not have anybody to talk to and he ran out of minutes. So he figured, hey, I'm going to call 911. You know, I actually remember an episode of Cops that went a lot like that. It was actually an elderly lady. Do you remember this one? It was an elderly lady and the cops show up. And it was because so she said that somebody was breaking into her house. And um, what ended up happening was they walked inside and the window was shattered from the inside going out. So they said, this looks like it was done from the inside. And they said, yeah, I scared them off and they climbed out. Well, there was no entry point at all. 
And so once they started talking, this lady would not let him go. I mean, she just kept talking and talking and talking. And they were just kind of like, yeah, you have a nice day. Yeah, you have a nice day. And then it was just like at the end of it, they're like, yeah, it sounds like she just wanted to talk to somebody. Yeah, uh, that's usually about how it goes. I noticed that with a lot of elderly people. And, you know, you feel bad for them because they're like, hey, I need somebody to talk to, especially ones that live alone. But, you know, the police can't be tied up uh, with 911 calls and all that stuff. You know, they got to deal with real emergencies and all that stuff. So, but, um, yeah, cool deal. All right. Well, uh, this last one. Okay. Are you ready for this? I think this is going to be the best. Um, a woman called 911 because she wanted to press charges against the nail salon. You ready for this? All right. So guess which state it's in? Florida. Yes, it is. So one Florida woman found herself in jail this week after calling 911 about a dispute over her manicure. Apparently, the lady in question, Miss Cynthia, felt a salon technician had left her nails too short and called the emergency-only number four times to request sheriff's deputies come out to the salon. In the calls, Colston told dispatchers, I need to press charges. I went to a business and they did not treat me well. Because she called 911 repeatedly for a non-emergency, Miss Cynthia was arrested for misuse of the emergency system. Her defense... Her nails were too long, and in addition to apparently being too short, and she kept accidentally dialing 911 because she couldn't use her cell phone properly. So she was trying to call somebody, and then she dialed 911 because her nails were too long and then too short. It sounds like the story's changing on her. Yeah, that doesn't make too much sense. That sounds like a very Karen thing to do, too. Um, I want you to press charges because, you know, my nails are too long or too short or something. It's like 911 is not your customer service representatives. If you have a problem, you should probably call the owner or headquarters or what. But I thought it was hilarious. She was just like, yeah, they they didn't do my nails right. So I'm calling 911. Like people call 911 for the stupidest stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard stories of people calling 911 on Burger King because they got their order wrong and wouldn't fix it and stuff. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. Yep. Crazy, crazy stuff, man. It's nuts. Well. We are going to segue right into the donut hole. And our donut hole changes every week. Uh, last week, we did our final AFC picks, NFL picks. Um, this week, we are going to do my, uh, they're not only movies, but my, I guess, show slash movie recommendations. Um, because there are a lot of new shows and a lot of new movies out there on Netflix and Hulu and Disney+. Plus. So I figured, you know, some people are like, eh, should I watch this? Should I give it a try? Uh, and I'll give you a recommendation. This is my personal recommendation. You can try it for yourself. The first one is called Day Shift. It is a brand new Netflix uh, special, not special, but it's a Netflix produced movie. And it's got Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg and I don't know what the other, oh, Megan Good. Yeah, it's got Megan Good in there. Um, so basically what it's about is there's this guy and they live in an apocalyptic world and he is a zombie hunter. And it's supposed to be like a comedy zombie movie. Um, he's a zombie hunter. And basically, the way that they get money is by they extract the teeth out of the zombies after they kill them. And they get money off of them. This guy's been going rogue for a long time. And in order to get paid the amount that he needs, he has to join this agency that he got kicked off. Uh, apparently, he's like this zombie hunter. And he used to be in this agency or whatever. And uh, his daughter like is got to go to school and they got to pay tuition and get braces and his wife and they're kind of estranged at the time 
uh, tells him, you know what, if you can't pay the money for this, then I'm moving my daughter to Atlanta. Like we're going to go to Atlanta. And he's like, well, I don't want to be separated from my wife and my daughter. So he gets in touch with the agency that he got kicked out of and asked for one last chance. And they're like, okay, we'll give you one last chance. But if you violate all these rules, you're getting kicked out. And you're not going to get the money. So he's trying to race to get this money. Now it started off really good. Um, it started off with a good storyline and he's got a good purpose to work towards. Uh, but then it just turned really goofy. Like it turned really goofy and I won't spoil it for you, but Snoop Dogg, there's a part where he's fighting off the zombies and he like throws a bomb and explosive and then he goes West side for life and then just throws up some gang signs. And it was very cheesy and very goofy. If it did not have Snoop Dogg in it, I don't think it would be even worth watching. It was very like the main villain, she was the worst actress. And then like, I was like, I don't really care about you. Like you're not even that good of a villain. So it was, I don't know. I'd give it uh, maybe a C minus on a scale. Uh, definitely go check it out. I know you're a big fan of zombie movies. Yeah. And uh, believe it or not, I actually like Snoop Dogg a lot. It's funny. He's become a very, very popular character in pop culture. And whenever I was a kid, he wasn't very liked from what I remembered. I mean, he was the typical rapper guy, and I think it's because he got those close ties and connections with, uh, like, Martha Stewart and everything, and people kind of saw his uh, softer side, and then he's a pretty funny guy as well, so, I, I mean, he's really blown up in popularity more than rap music, which is kind of kind of weird to see. Yeah, he really has been making those connections. I mean, he's, like, in commercials, he's on stuff, he's in movies, I mean, like, I think it's like what you said, like Snoop Dogg was known for being a gangster slash, you know, smoking weed all the time. And so people didn't really like that image, but people saw a human side of him. And I mean, you know, he plays like this cowboy zombie hunter, which is just like only Snoop Dogg could, you know, really play this goofy zombie cowboy hunter. But I don't know. Go check it out for yourself. I mean, if you're just wanting to put on something mindless and you don't really care about being invested, it's a good movie to just kind of maybe put in the background, so it's okay. Uh, the second thing that I'm going to uh, cover is She-Hulk. It is the new Marvel series, TV series that has come out on Disney+. Plus. Um, a lot of people have been asking me, how is She-Hulk? How is She-Hulk? And Mar Marvel, lately with their movies, has not been having a good track record. And there's only two episodes out, but basically the first one is the origin story. She is the cousin of Bruce Banner. And she's driving with Bruce one day and they get in an accident and Bruce bleeds and he gets his blood on her and then she turns into the She-Hulk. Um, and she's trying to learn how to navigate these powers and trying to learn how to uh, just navigate being a Hulk. And Bruce Banner is like trying to kind of help her because he's gone on this 15-year journey of how to, you know, control the Hulk and stuff. But she's really not having the same problems that Bruce is having. Um, and she really doesn't want the superhero life. She's really just trying to be a, an attorney and be a lawyer. And then uh, she can control whenever she turns into the She-Hulk. So she's in the courtroom and she has to defend all these people and she turns into the She-Hulk. And it winds up getting her fired. And then the next episode is about her like trying to get a job and just be an attorney. And she really doesn't care about the superhero life. I would recommend it because it feels more Marvel-like than other things in the past. Um you know, it's a little slow starting off, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I think they have good, um, they have good uh, plans for it. So I don't know. It seems like a pretty good 
a pretty good deal to me. You know what's crazy? Unpopular opinion here. I am just not a fan of superhero movies. Like, I like Batman, but he's not technically a superhero. But I've just never really been into it. I, I don't know why. And I, I feel like that's a very unpopular opinion. Not Everybody seems to like it. Except for me, I guess. Well, what Marvel really did that works very well and why everyone loves it is because they made the individual superhero movies, but then they tied them all together. Like, you know, they're all coming together in one movie and then there's storylines that tie all together in the next big movie where they come together. So they're off doing like their own side missions, but all the storylines tie in together uh, whenever they come together on the big screen. So it's kind of like, I got to watch all these movies so that I can understand what's going on in the Avengers or Captain America. I mean, it's entertaining. I feel like after Avengers Endgame, it kind of, they kind of lost, dropped the ball because they're not have the main ones in there. But I mean, it's worth a try. I get it. Superhero movies are pretty much predictable. Most of them, especially origin superhero movies. It's like, okay, they were nobody. Then they get powers and now they're discovering how to, use their powers and most of the time they don't want to be a superhero but then a bad guy comes and then they got to be a superhero and by the end of it they're freaking awesome so that's pretty much how most superhero movies go it is pretty good so we're gonna segue real quick into what fries my donuts and micah what fries your donuts well you know he said real quick but i've got uh i've got a few points here but we're not gonna go overboard here um so i traveled here recently and that's probably where i got this illness unfortunately um, but what fries my donuts, Chris, is the airport experience. Now, it's not flying. Don't get me wrong. I love flying. Chris will attest to this. I love it. I hate the people aspect of it. That's what I don't like. So what fries my donuts? I have uh, a few points here. So we're going to start off, and I promise you, I listed all of these in the airport, uh, on the plane, and just different places because I was like, this is going to make what fries my donuts for the next century. However, I am not going to have what fries my donuts for myself like the next three times be about the airport. So don't worry. Um, I'll just stick the rest of my back pocket for later. But we're going to start off at the airport and what fries my donuts. You know what fries my donuts, Chris? What fries your donuts at the airport? People going slow in the security line. Listen, we've got 400 people behind us, okay? We need to think about the common courtesy of things. And what I mean by this is, you know, I'm not talking about the main line where you're snaking around waiting to get to the point where you go and give your ID and your ticket and everything. I'm talking about the point where you're getting your bins, you're taking your shoes off, you're putting everything in these bins to... Have you ever noticed, Chris, people be going so daggum slow. They be taking their shoes off real slow. Like me personally, after I get that ID, before I've even at the bin station, I'm taking my shoes off. I'm getting everything out of my pockets. Some people will wait till they get all the way up to these bins and they will go slower than Christmas getting everything out of their pockets and everything like that. And you're sitting here going, bro, you had this whole entire line. You had this whole entire time before we even got to the section where you take everything off and get to the bins to be prepared for this. And now you're just deciding to do this? Man, that fries my donuts. I can't stand that because I'm like, get out of the line. As bad as it is, get out of the line. We're ready. You're not. Get out of the line. Sound like John Panette over here. If you don't know who John Panette is, he's a great comedian. Get out of the line is one of his things. Anyways. um, And then... My second thing, what fries my donuts after you get out of security? People stopping right after security to hold everybody up. And what I mean by that, 
you're done. You get all your stuff. And then people kind of stop, turn and stare and look and everything. You got a whole bunch of people trying to get past you to get your shoes on and everything else. God forbid you're late for a flight and you're trying to get your shoes on and everything else. And all these people are standing there looking all confused and derpy. Like, seriously, get out of the way. We're all trying to do our stuff. I don't care if you go in the middle of the aisle and stare and look around. But just get out of the way so where the rest of us can get um, to get where we need to go. Have you ever experienced either one of those, Chris? Yes, I have. And normally, I, by the time I'm at the station to give my ID, I already have, like, my belt off. Like, I'm, I'm getting ready to take off my shoes. Like, I have everything in my pockets, like, ready to go where I can just throw it in. Because I'm that way. I'm like, I don't want to hold anybody up. And then whenever I get my stuff afterwards, um, I like to take it and uh, just go off and sit on those little benches and just kind of put my boots back on, put my belt back on, get everything ready. So that way I'm not, cause I want to get my bins like out of the way. So the other bins can come through. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I get you 100%. Exactly. I feel like it's a common courtesy thing, man. It's like you, you see that there is a line full of people behind you and they're all trying to get somewhere. And for you to stand in the way to where, you know, now I'm, I can't even put my bin up because you're standing in the way looking there and you're just trying to figure out what's going on. I understand if you're trying to figure out what's going on, especially if it's a new airport, but just move out of the way. There's those benches there for a reason. That's what I love to do. I like to put my bin up, get everything in my pocket, go to one of those benches, get everything situated, but at least you can sit down and you're out of the way. Um, I've got just three more points here. I'll go through them quickly. Um, Oh, I had this happen so many times in the airport, especially in Atlanta. I understand Atlanta is very big, um, but what I always hate is it's just like, where's my gate? Where's my gate? I don't understand where my gate is. And you're sitting here going, I, like, I help so many people. You would, you would not believe, man. I mean, uh, where my gate was was right out of security there in Atlanta, so all these people were coming out, and... They were doing that thing where they were standing in the way and they're just looking at their ticket and like looking around and like looking at their ticket and looking around, which and right there is a sign that says two terminals A, B, C, D, E, F, go this way. It literally has a sign with arrows pointing. And these people would be like, I don't know where the gate is. I don't know where the gate is. And there was one guy that was like, Oh, we only have thirty minutes and he was with this little kid and I was like, Hey man, can I help you can I help you out? Like where's your gate at? And he's like, oh, it's in the E-terminal. And I'm like, bro, that is way across the airport. What you need to do is you need to follow this sign. It'll take you down to the subway and you need to, or like the underground train, and just follow it till you get to the E-gate or the E-terminal. It'll put you right there in the middle and you just follow the signs to where it says E-whatever to E-whatever. And that's where your gate is. Dude looked at me like he was confused as all get out. I'm like, man, that is the simplest I don't know, bro. I'm just like, if you can't understand that, don't fly, as bad as that is. Because it's like, that's the simplest thing. They have signs everywhere. Like, literally, you can look up, and there's signs. Even if there's not, there's, um, you know, airport employees that'll help. But to me, I feel like airports are designed to be almost dummy-proof, but apparently I was wrong on that. So it really fries my donuts when people are like, where's my gate? And it's like, man, if you would look at the signs, if you would read the context clues, you can even pull up your phone and find terminal maps and it will show you where to go and where your gate is. Um, so my fourth point, people not walking correctly in the aisles. So the thing is, 
Um, airports are pretty big. Normally, they have aisles that are pretty pretty wide. But have you ever had this happen to you before, Chris? When you're walking, you're walking straight, and I like to walk like we drive. Okay, I'm in the rightmost lane. If you are going slow, keep further to the right. If you're going a little faster, kind of go towards the middle. Um, but I, you have these people that are on the phone, and what will happen is you'll be walking. And I got bumped into like four times. Oh, sorry, because they're not looking. They're not looking where they're going. And nobody seems to know how to walk. They're just like kind of zigzagging everywhere, not giving two craps about who's around them. And that really fries my donuts. I can't stand that. It's like it, I'm a big guy. Chris tell you, I'm a big guy. I'm hard to miss. If you're hitting me, then you're really not paying attention. What I really hate is those like on those little escalator things that are at the airport, you know, those like they're like moving walkways and stuff. The normal common courtesy is if you're standing, stay to the right. If you are walking, you're going to the left, like move over so that the walking people can go. I hate people that are just standing there blocking the whole thing like i'm just like bro like move over and that's like my number one like pet peeve if i like know where i'm going like i'm on a mission like don't get in my way and i hate when it's like you try to get these around these people and somehow they know like they got like this sonar gps to know anytime you try to move to get around them they're like oh no this way i'll tell you i know we're about to wrap up this segment but there is one thing at the airport that fly, fries my ha, flies my donuts fries my donuts it is when people try to bring their huge behind suitcase case on as a carry-on and it's like bro you know that this is not going to fit in the big compartment and they even pretty much tell you at the gate they usually tell you you know what if you're flying and we usually need you to check your bag so that we can make more room they will check it for free that's what i always do because my bag is like small but if they're gonna say you know what i'll check your bag for free I'm going to let them check it because that's one less thing I have to carry. But I hate these people. And I don't know where security gets in the mix somewhere because somehow, somewhere, these security people have to look at that bag and say, that is a huge bag. That should probably get checked. You know what I mean? You would think, but man, security don't care. They're just like, whatever. Just let that thing through. It's like it's barely fitting through the little x-ray scanner and they're just like, whatever. Um uh, they they pick I that is one of my pet peeves too, especially when they're trying to bring it up an escalator too or something. You want to talk about blocking people? Now you got this giant suitcase and um, but going back to your point on the moving walkways, even escalators going up or down, uh, you you need to stay to the right if you're not going. If you're not in a rush, you know, stay to the right because you have people coming to your left that are, you know, they're fighting to get to their flight probably. So. Um, but anyways, my last point, and we will get off what fries my donuts here, is boarding. Oh, the boarding process fries my donuts. But what fries my donuts in particular is the question that I heard I don't know how many times. So I flew Delta, and I, I do like Delta. Uh, it's not my favorite, but I, I do like Delta. And they have the standard boarding classes, I guess. They have, you know, first class, comfort plus, and all that stuff. Well, everybody, they start boarding, and they're like, what group am I in? What group am I in? I don't know. Look at your ticket. You know, it's really not that hard. I mean, and even nowadays, you can, I'm, I'm old school when it comes to going to the airport. I always still print my paper tickets um, just, just because, 
uh, something happens to your phone, then what, right? So I, I get the paper tickets, but even if you have it on your phone, it will tell you, hey, you're in this group or whatever. Even the Delta app, it will tell you when your group is boarding. When my group was boarding, it said, hey, your group is boarding. So the thing is, it's like, look at the ticket. I had to help people. They're like, because there was this lady who kept literally going up and it was like first class. She tried to go and they're like, no, ma'am, you're not in this group. Okay. It's like comfort plus, which is business class. She tried to go up there. No, ma'am, you're not in this group. So she came back that second time and I'm like, let me see what group you're in. And it was like, she's in um, the very, she's in general boarding, which is the very, very last group. And so I told her like, you're in the last group, like just chill out and wait. So we're sitting there, and I was in general boarding too. So when general boarding started, she's sitting over here to the side. They call for general boarding, and she just sits there. She doesn't stand up or anything. I literally had to point to her and say, come on, it's your time. And she literally just seemed oblivious to the fact that they had called her group. It's like, my thing is, look at the ticket. It's corresponding to what they're calling out. How hard is that? If they say it's comfort plus and it says comfort plus on your ticket hey that's your boarding group congratulations it's time for you to board yeah it's i mean it's getting to the point where people are getting uh less and less smart when it comes to just everything and people can't read and people are used to having everything done for them but yeah man i get it flying fries my donut i love flying but the people aspect fries my donuts too so I totally get that, man. But, uh, yeah. So, we are going to actually skip the improv segment this week. That way, Micah can save his voice and, uh, you know, get better. And so, we're going to jump straight into R.E. Claire, which is our positive advice for the week. And uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I don't remember who went first last time. I don't either. I'll go first. Um, so... As you can tell, I'm dealing with an illness, and we've been talking about this this whole time. This does have to go with illness and things like that. Um, but when you feel like it's not getting any better and it's getting worse, remember that sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. I am actually feeling better, believe it or not. I was really, really bad. Um, I've, I'm not going to say what all I have right now, but it's, it's not good. I'll tell you that. Um, but I'm coming out of it. The thing is, you have to remember in life, whether it's sickness, whether it's whatever, sometimes it gets sometimes it gets bad before it gets better. If it's getting really, really bad and you're like, man, this situation, I don't know if it can get much worse. Maybe it can't. Maybe it's about to get better. And so just keep that hope. Keep that. I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard sometimes. Trust me. And if we're talking about sickness, you know, you're you're going through so much and you're sitting here thinking, uh, especially when it's a bad sickness and you're sitting here thinking like, am I going to make it? And the thing is, it's like, you're going to make it. It's going to be fine. And once you get to the pinnacle of where you were going, it, you you won't even remember the bad times. I promise. Yeah, it is very true. Sometimes it does get worse before it gets better, but just keep uh, plowing through and, uh, you know, it, it'll get better. It does. Um, it doesn't rain forever but mine is and it's gonna sound really weird but i'll explain it but it's gonna gonna go like this don't live on yesterday yesterday's manna and what i mean by that is back in the bible times uh god would provide israel the israelites with manna from heaven bread that rained down from heaven right and uh sometimes we get so used to of how things were in the book before that we don't look ahead and we get stuck in our rut 
And so sometimes we're so focused on, man, we've always done it this way, and this way is always worked. And man, these are the glory days. And remember when this, this, and this worked, and this is the way we've always done it. But things are happening. Things are new. You know, uh, Bible says that God is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. But at the same time, we also need to not just be stuck in the past and be stuck in the traditional ways of doing things. Tradition is good, but like I said, don't get so stuck in the way that it used to be done or always has been done that you miss the new ways and in innovative ways that things can be done. So, yeah, that's my short uh, eclair. So don't get don't get comfortable. That's a good uh, ending to that. There you go. Um you know, and I do want to give a shout out to Chris. He's been extremely helpful. Unfortunately, of course, as a lot of you know, we live apart, but he's given me a lot of moral support through this, and uh, he's a great friend. I just want to give him a shout out on the on the podcast. He's given me a lot of grace, and um, man, he was even talking about potentially doing the podcast by himself if if uh, I wasn't feeling up to it. So, I mean, this this dude's awesome, and uh, I just got to give you that shout out right quick. I appreciate that, man. I'm pretty sure y'all didn't want to hear me talk for 30 minutes, uh, but I could talk for 30 minutes. I could start preaching, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I won't get started on that. But hey, go like, comment, subscribe. I promise we got video content coming for you. We got new content. Share with your friends. Man, we are blowing up. We're growing. You know, we have a lot of countries. I think it's like 13, 14 countries. And man, we've got like 25, 26 states. Um, so you guys share it with your friends. But we appreciate you. Have a good Monday. Have a good rest of your week. Make good choices. And I'm going to sign off. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Dota Box. Yeah. See y'all next week.